Welcome to Better Words, a podcast for readers who want to know the stories behind the pages. We're your hosts, Caitlin and Michelle, two book nerds who bring you in-depth conversations about writing and publishing from those on the inside. Basically, we're just here to talk about books. We're so glad you're joining us. Happy New Year! (laughs) Still not getting this right in 2022. Uh, Welcome to the new year. We hope that you had a wonderful Christmas break. If you had a break, lots of reading, hopefully, lots of chilling and relaxing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's like, well, we certainly had a lovely break, I, if I can speak for you, because I actually went home to Queensland, so we got to see each other for the first time in about three years in person, which is very was exciting. Amazing. So neither of us got very much reading done because we spent every night with each other watching movies and TVs and, ch- and TV shows and, and chatting, chatting ice cream. playing board games. I know. Yep. It was so good. Just like old times. It was, it was so, so fun. fun. Yeah, it was great. And yeah, I, I don't know if a lot of other people experience this, but I don't tend to read a lot on holiday when I'm on holiday like either like an activity holiday, you know, like when you go overseas and you're doing lots of stuff or if I'm on holiday with my family because if I'm on holiday with my family and I'm I'm staying at my parents' house or we're staying at, you know, my uncle's house or like whatever it may be, you just kind of hang out all day and there's like you just like have a cup of tea and then you chat and like maybe you're you know, like go, oh, I want to show you a YouTube video. And so you watch it and then you play a card game and then you have lunch and it's just like, and that's every day. And so yeah. I I really have read like nothing over Christmas and New Year. I mean, your family is a bit more involved than mine, but when I go to visit my mum, like if we go to visit my grandma, for instance, that's like an hour and a half drive. So if I'm not driving, I'll get some reading in. Yeah. But usually even if it's that like you end up talking in the car and, you yeah, know, exactly. all that sort of stuff. So I think you're right. You just have this more like incidental, like you're always doing stuff. So if you are reading as well, I find that I end up like maybe reading a few, you know, a few pages and then someone will come in, you know, my mum will come make a cup of tea or something and then start talking to me. And then, you know, like I find you just don't have those maybe more, short bursts of reading. Yeah, it's a lot more incidental you know, now when I go on holiday to visit my family, like I'm going home to family. Like when I lived at home and we would go on holiday together, if we were going camping or something, I would ignore them all and read 10 books in 10 days. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Look, the only good thing as well about visiting my mum and stuff is it is if we're driving, that's like a nine hour drive. So again, plenty of reading time for someone who loves reading in the car. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for you if you love reading but can't read in the car. Like, honestly, that's where I get most of my reading done because I live in regional Queensland. <laughs> yeah, I love um, reading in the car. It, the it really is the best. Uh, also, just a very quick before we start, the, this is, of course, our wrap-up of 2021 in case you haven't read the episode title and we're just waffling on. <laughs> so now I guess we better get started with this wrap-up. And- yes. We are, yes, Um, and so obviously we spend a lot of time talking about the books that we read on this podcast, whether it's recommendations or our book clubs or talking to the author in our interviews about the book they've written. And so for that reason, we're not really going to go into a whole lot of detail (laughs) about um, any of these things. We're just kind of going to list them off and maybe there'll be one sentence of extra gushing or extra information. Yeah, the caveat is if we've talked about this in detail before, there will be a link that you can go back to the episode where we talk about it, whether that's an interview or we mentioned it in our recommendations. If it's a new book, which there are like one or two that we haven't mentioned on the podcast before, we'll talk a little bit more about it, just give you a bit more an idea what it's about. Um, And we haven't mentioned any nonfiction books because you can listen to our favourites of the year on our nonfiction November wrap up. That counts as our favourites of the year. That's like, that was like part 1A and this is really like part 1B, C, D, like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So with that, we're going to start with our favourite fiction 
adult fiction. So Michelle, do you want to go first? Yes. Are we going to do like all three at once or are we going backwards and forwards? You know what? Let's do like all three at once. You do do yours. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. So the first one is a HarperCollins book and it feels like forever (laughs) since you told me to read this. Um, And it is Last Night by Mari McFarlane. Um, Yeah, as I say, you mentioned this ages ago and it's probably going to take me some digging to find which episode you recommended it in. You know what might help with that? I read this book at Easter, so there's your timing. Excellent. Thank you. So it wasn't even our last season. It was the season before. Yeah. Um, So you then very kindly sent me a copy from HarperCollins. Thank you. And it was beautiful. It was devastating. Um, Everything I'm sure that you mentioned, but I just wanted to sort of say, like, I adore Brian McFarlane's books like I know that I will always love them but this one is just oh it's something so different it's yeah so if you've read her books before they're very rom-com they're always like quite you know they've got like quite heartfelt issues in them as well but this one is just next level if you're not usually a fan of rom-coms definitely try this because it's it's something else yeah it's incredible so the next one is another rom-com I've been reading lots of light stuff in the second half of the year because life was heavy so I was reading lots of light stuff and this one I actually listened to on audio and it is The Couple by Kelly Acton I really want to read this one you're gonna love it I think you are absolutely gonna love it quite a fun read even though yeah it does make you stop and think you're like wow this world is crazy so the final one sneaking in my last book of 2021 but definitely one that I would say is a favorite and I definitely wanted to mention it because I know I haven't recommended it obviously because I read it so late in the year and that is Home Stretch by Graham Norton and I must confess I've had Graham Norton's first book on my TBR for ages I've got it on my bookshelf haven't read it and I think somewhere in the back of my mind I was like oh you know he's a celebrity who's written a book you know maybe it's not that good I don't know I bought it because it was like set in this little Irish village and I was like "Mm, yeah I don't know I think somewhere in my mind I still doubted it yeah so I don't know why I then not having read that was like yeah I'm gonna pick up Homestretch one of his other books Um, because what if that had gone wrong but I started reading it in the car on the way back from our trip down to Brisbane before Christmas and it is so well written like he is an extremely talented writer and it just yeah it's it's beautiful and there is a a central incident that happens I don't think it's a spoiler to say because it literally unfolds as you start reading it there's a car crash in a very small community a number of families like five teenagers in the car so multiple families are affected in this very small village and Mm. it's the ripple effects of that that over like 20 25 years and it jumps forward a lot in in different time periods and it will sort of linger you know five years in the future and then it will jump forward like 10 years and you know it it just explores the way that a life can be shaped by those events and it's multiple people's lives that we're following and how they come together again as well I think you would really enjoy this Caitlin it's it's like a little bit melancholy but it's really beautiful and over it's one of those books where it's like tinged with sadness but overall you feel quite hopeful at the end Um, so it's beautiful and then we've both got like a little (laughs) highly commended (laughs) fourth thing that we wanted to mention (laughs) yeah honorable mention but we've written hc in our notes so that's why i was like highly commended yeah (laughs) honorable mention i know and if I if I hadn't written if we hadn't written HC, I probably would have just said honorable mention. But I think something in me when we were like, oh one, two, three, one, two, three, and I was like, oh, highly commended, like back to like, <laughs> you know, choir a Stedford days. Highly commended yeah. goes to <laughs> Um, so these are books that 
were very, very popular that we read, but also loved. And it's just like, why would we add to the, the overwhelming like a, noise? They're it's obvious redundant. picks. So yeah. And for me, that is obviously Richard Oseman's The Man Who Died Twice. It's the second book in the Thursday Murder Club series. I we all know Michelle's obsessed loved. with. So yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with it. This was brilliant as well. If you love the first one, you're going to adore the second one. I just cannot get enough of this. We'll probably <laughs> reread it soon. So that's my fiction, adult fiction for the year. Great. Over to you, Caitlin. <laughs> my turn. So my three, I'm sure I've all mentioned, we've mentioned and discussed at length on this podcast. So firstly, Freckles by Cecilia Ahern. If you all haven't listened to Michelle completely embarrass me and me gush over Cecilia in our interview, then I guess go ahead. But um, <laughs> it was... It was a wonderful chat about this book and I really enjoyed the book and I just love Cecilia's writing. Um, and The Hush by Sarah Foster. Oh, man, this book just, like, grips you in and you're just, like, still thinking about it, you know? Like, you're still thinking about how this world works. It's crazy. Insane. Mm-hmm. And scarily, like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> One of those dystopias you can... Yeah. yeah, so if you haven't heard our interviews with Cecilia Ahern and Sarah Foster yet, please go back because they were amazing. Um, and then thirdly, It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake by Claire Christian, which came out towards the start of 2021, I think. So a lot of people were reading it at the start of the year. But you know what? When I was thinking about my favourite books of the year and I thought of that one, I thought, yeah, I need to bring more of that Noni Blake energy into 2022. So still a favorite and then my highly commended is beautiful world where are you by sally rooney because like obviously i love sally rooney's books i did really a lot of people you know are still saying well normal people is their favorite or whatever or they weren't sure i think after the last two it would have been it would have felt daunting, I think, to release this third book. And this third book is exactly what I expected and wanted from Sally Rooney and still not, you know, like still excellent. I love her writing. I I loved it. So, of course, that was adults. Now on to our young adult books. And obviously, like, I feel like both of us read a really wide, wide variety of like genres, but I've definitely read less YA this year. So it was a struggle to pick things that I haven't gushed about on the podcast already. Um, so yeah, you should probably you didn't, go first. Basically. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, neither did you. So. Yeah, neither did I. I did read a lot of YA this year, but a lot of it was just so fantastic. And honestly, like little insight for you, everyone, when Michelle and I were planning this episode, and as she just said, she didn't read as much YA this year. I was like, well, which ones do you want? And I won't mention them. But I we still... have so many of the same favourites. <laughs> yeah, but just know that's always the case, really. Like this year especially, yeah. that is the case. I mean, of the books both of us have read that we're mentioning, it, like we all, like we both love them. So yeah, yeah. So I'll go first for YA then. So um. My first one, which is the first of this list that I read this year, um, of these three, not the first I read this year. That was confusing. Sorry. Kate in Waiting by Becky Alvitale. Um, I love Becky's books. And this one was just like the most me ever because it was high school musicals. It was liking the same boys, your best friend. They were obsessed with Dear Evan Hansen and Tangled. I was like, I am Kate and I am not because my name is Caitlin, but it's pretty close. So that was my favourite, one of my favourites this year. Um, second on my little list that I've got here is Social Cue by Kay Kerr. And I've gushed about this book so many times, but get used so to it, much. Kay, because I'm going to keep gushing. I loved it. Oh. I loved it. I loved it. Um, and same for Henry Hamlet's Heart by Rhiannon Wilde. Um, love it, love it, love it. I've gushed about it so many times. I 
oh man, I just love those books. Those two are excellent. If if anyone is listening and has not picked up Social Cue or Henry Hamlet's Heart yet, get on it. And you can listen to our interview with Rhiannon. And we did Social Cue as a little book club. So that will be in the links below as well. Yep, loved those books. So mine, again, books that we both loved. The first one is The Gaps by Leanne Hall, another author who we chatted to. And it's funny, we um, just side note, when we were planning this, we were sort of talking about the fact that often it's hard for us to pick favourites and exclude people that we've spoken to for the podcast, not only because that would involve reading a lot of books, A lot more, yeah. <laughs> a lot more than we already do. I mean, I don't know about you, Caitlin. I average about 60 books a year. I think I read 63 last year. Yeah, I think 2021 I was – I may have hit 70. I'm not sure what the final tally is. But, yeah. but like, in that, how many – we did, I what, would... 12 book clubs over the year – at least 12 other recommendations and we interviewed it must be like 24 25 people yeah so like half like, of what our is stuff. the math how come i've never done that math before what else are we I even know. reading i know it's yeah i don't know i don't know what else we're even fitting in there <laughs> um so yeah it, we were talking about the fact that so often We'll love a book, but then our experience of it is enhanced by chatting to the author. And yeah. so they just have this special place in our heart. And that's, I think it's just that's something interesting to share. List. Yeah. 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 And, um, but The Gaps by Leanne Hall was really amazing, yeah. quite harrowing um, in some ways. It's very difficult subject matter around true crime and stuff, but really fascinating. Um, the second one, again, not necessarily a fun read um was the monster of her age by danielle binks but one that i was incredibly grateful for at the time it came into my life and you can read more of that was very awkward to edit that episode um but you can you can read more about it listen to that i meant to say um in our chat with her it's very beautiful moving book um, and then the other one, which again, we've done a book club on, but it was such a fun and unexpected read. And I'd never really heard of it before as well. I just um, sort of picked it up at the library. And that was Excuse Me While I Ugly Cry by Joya Goffney. Um, really fun read. Uh, just a classic, good YA rom-com. Yeah, Loved it. so much fun, that book. Yeah, and yeah. unexpected. I liked, I think we both liked it more than we thought we might yeah because again yeah. like I don't think either of us had just had really no seen much about it. Yeah, yeah had zero expectations um so yeah. we've also um because we can't help ourselves we want to talk about books more we also just have some fun little extra categories to include in this yeah. little discussion so our first one is a book you read this year that is out of your comfort zone so mine was Detransition Baby by Tori Peters, which is everywhere. I've seen a lot of people sharing this, a lot of people talking about it. The reason why I would say this is the most out of my comfort zone is because had I not been reading this with a friend, I most certainly would have given up on it um, because it's just not the style of book I usually read it. Mm -hmm. To me, it was like a lot more literary. It definitely required me to think a lot more. Didn't particularly like the characters, which again, not a recommendation. We've talked about this, but not a recommendation, um, not a requirement for a book being amazing. And this yeah. book is incredible. It's just that it required me to really persist with it and to sit with it and also to sit with some difficult feelings and like things that I'd never encountered before. And that's why it's such a good book, I think. Like yeah. it is amazing but yeah it definitely required a lot of persistence on my part just with the writing and it sort of pushed me a bit yeah well your answer to this is a lot more interesting than mine my pick for out of the comfort zone is harry styles the making of a modern man by sean smith and <laughs> um if you saw this one on my instagram i read over half of it on the planes when i was going home for christmas and I finished it while I was home and left it there for my sister. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 
the only reason I would say this book's out of my comfort zone is because I did enjoy it a lot more than I like more than I thought I was going to because I've never read a book like this before this you know Sean Smith is a like celebrity biographer he has books he's written books about so many people and it's like like a lot of people probably have this as well you see those books written by like some someone about like a random celebrity like Harry Styles who is you know he's not even 30 but like has already led quite an an interesting life but just it's like well why would you read a book about Harry Styles not written by Harry Styles I just wanted to give it a go um and we published it at work so I took a copy from work (laughs) but I I did enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. I didn't realize how much I didn't actually know about Harry Styles, even though I've listened to all of his music with and without One Direction and have been, a you know, a more casual fan than some, I don't even know what they call themselves, Harry Styles fans. I know Directioners. Yeah, I was what's less, the name? I don't know what's, I've forgotten what the name, I'm sure they have a name. I don't know what it is. So I do love Harry Styles, but I've not, I didn't know a lot about his whole life and the ins and outs and things of, you know, his relationships and things that had happened throughout his career up until this point. Um, But yeah, it was excellent. And like reading it just made me want to listen to his music and I want to go see him in concert. I don't know. So maybe I would, like if I like the person, maybe I would consider reading a book like this again. Yeah. I mean, without like going into too much of a a big discussion about these here, but I think that some of them are done really, really well. Mm. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I like it if the celebrity has approved of it or like help in some way. But then then you think, but then you think, oh, like surely then it's going to be more biased or something like maybe it is more objective if the celebrity is not involved. I don't yeah. know. I can be picky it's about these It's interesting because ones, so. it's like I've read, you know, looking across my laptop at my bookshelf now and I've read lots of books written by, you know, actors and comedians and things like that. And when it's their own, like more of their own voice, they're clearly like involved even if, you know, maybe they didn't write it it's got their name on the front um but this one I think maybe because it wasn't just like a oh here's a biography of Harry Styles even though that's like what it was it it was trying to understand this question of like why what does make him a modern man why does like how did this man come to be that he you know his music is like everyone loves his music. It was the whole thing and the titles prompted because Olivia Wilde called him very modern in an interview or something. And so it's like, who is Harry Styles that he's like the first man on the cover of Vogue and like sings all of those songs and like has a great stage presence and like is just a superstar. Like how did he get to be where he is? And that was kind of interesting, but anyway, Enough about that, even though we love Harry Styles. Our next little fun category here for books section is the most surprising book you read in 2021. So mine is Space Hopper by Helen Fisher, which we did a book club on. And if you listen to that, you'll see why it was the most surprising. Um, But again, basically because I randomly picked it up and it turned out to be bloody excellent. Yeah. Um, and mine in a similar vein is One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, which I don't remember if I recommended on the podcast, but basically why I was most surprised, um, and this happened to me a couple of times this year, is that I didn't realise that there was going to be a bit of a magical element. So I was very confused <laughs> when it started, ah. when things started happening. And I was like, wait, What? <laughs> I thought I was reading a contemporary book. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be like, um, have you seen the movie Last Christmas? 
No. With Emily Clark. Okay, so it came out no, a few years ago. because I've heard it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it came out a few years ago. So if you don't want me to spoil for you, like, skip ahead because I'm absolutely going to spoil it. Amelia Clark had heart problems and she meets Henry Golding at Christmas time and turns out he's a ghost and he was the guy who donated his heart and she has his heart. Oh. And so when that when this magical thing kind of revealed itself in the movie, I was just super confused and it like took me out of it. Whereas if I was expecting that it was like slightly cheesy magical element like that, I think it would be a good movie. Like knowing that I think if I ever rewatched it, it would be better. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes with books like this, and I've had a few of them this year where something weird like that happens and I go, wait, what? Something magical is happening. You just kind of have to go with it and don't let yourself get too confused and pulled out of the story by it because it's just a story. Yes, I like that advice. That's wonderful. Um, so next we're moving on to looking to this year. New release you want to read in 2022. So mine I already mentioned in our nonfiction episode, and that is How to Be Perfect by Mike Sher, who I love and, <laughs> and mine is People Person by Candace Carty-Williams. I read Queenie when we were in the UK a few years ago. It's a massive book in the UK. I don't know how big it was over here in Australia, but it was everywhere. And the thing I loved about this is such a – a silly thing to love about what is a brilliant book um, is I just love that they had different coloured hardbacks for the hardback release. They were like, there's like a pink and a blue and I got the orange. So all these different colours. And then when it won a particular award, they did it in like a gold shiny cover. And then the paperback also had a bunch of colours. There was like a lime green and I can't remember what else. It was a bunch of different colours. And I just was like, I want to own every single colour. <laughs> it was so funny. Like that. Yeah. I think different yeah. colours like that is pretty fun for a book. It's sometimes. so fun. So especially like then in their book displays and stuff, like it was so eye-catching. Um, but genuinely a brilliant book. The sort of book that you and I adore, Caitlin, where literally feels like nothing happens but it's all character development and you're like this book is amazing and then someone's like what's it about and you're like nothing person <laughs> and her life uh, just like being a mess right. <laughs> so, sounds like yeah. one I should add to my TBR for 2022 you absolutely need to read Queenie um people person is I'm sure going to be a similar vein very character driven contemporary novel but it is about Um, a woman who is connecting with her four half siblings and her absent father and dealing with those familiar relationships. So I think that will be really interesting. Good. And then next book that you currently own and want to read in 2022. And both of us made the joke when we wrote this of like, oh, which one of the dozens of books that we have sitting around will we pick? (laughs) Yes, lots of ones to pick, but we have both picked quite big standout books of 2021. Um, So mine that I do need to get to because everyone just says how wonderful it is, is Still Life by Sarah Winman. Yeah, ditto because you also sent me a copy of this. So yeah maybe maybe we will do it for a book club who knows (laughs) we um we ended up shying away from some of the things that we had initially drafted as book club picks last season because both of us were just like oh I don't think we have the brain space to deal with like a heavy book now let's just do something fun so ended up with a lot of fun YA as book club last season but we'll see what happens in 2022 yeah and mine um again have been putting off reading this because I know it's very heavy but brilliant is Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart highly recommended by everyone but apparently really really depressing and devastating um so just gearing myself up for that one and will probably be one of those books that I well I imagine right now I think oh yeah I'll probably do it you know bit by bit maybe maybe read some others at the same time 
Um, but you never know. I could start it and race through it and who knows. So that's that's our things that we already own and want to finally read. And um, that also concludes our books for 2021. Yay. Yeah. That is our book wrap up of 2021. But do you not worry? Do not worry. This episode is not over because we love consuming the content and so we have more. So next we have our favorite TV of 2021. Now, should we do back and forth this time? Because we. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite TV shows of 2021 was Superstore. I have, like, I love finding these new sitcoms that I will want to rewatch, and because I love all the characters and all the characters in Superstore were so unique and so funny. I really, really loved this show. And I think that you would really like it. You should watch it. <laughs> I probably will watch it eventually. Um, my I think Jack would really like it too. Jack and I have similar sitcom taste. <laughs> yes, you, you really do. Um, I'm more of like the British sitcom person um but yeah I think Jack definitely will watch Superstore um mine even though it's a crime thing I actually think that you could I could see you getting quite into this even though it's crimey because it's just so good it's the best tv I think I've ever watched in terms of storytelling and that is the phenomenal like worldwide hit line of duty um amazing and what what amazes me about this is like you with like friends and Gilmore girls and stuff. Um, I realized towards the end of the year that I have already watched this almost the entire season twice in one year or the entire series twice in one year, because we started this as a lockdown three project when we were in lockdown three last year in the UK, um, which was the horrible long winter lockdown. we were like, yeah, we've been meaning to watch this, you know, first five seasons are on iPlayer. Let's start watching it. And literally just, I was at home being like, I wonder how many hours it is till Jack gets home. Cause I really want to keep watching line of duty <laughs> with him. Like I've never been so obsessed with the show, but also like, as we were both watching, I don't think either of us have ever had that experience where we were so like, the reactions were so visceral yeah. of like, literally like, sitting up and being like oh my god I can't believe what just happened and like screaming and like it was just screaming in like a oh my god what is going on way not a scary way like it is just mind-blowing um I'm incredibly pissed off at the the way that it's season six wrapped up um but will I continue to watch it yes really really hoping that there's a seventh season and I think one of the things that makes this so delightful and that we did experience in the UK with season six when it was airing week to week was the build-up and each episode would drop and then there would be podcasts and discussion about what all the theories were and again like it's not something that you get with a lot of shows because nowadays we're all binging on Netflix Yes, you should totally go and binge this um, as well, but I just can't explain enough how fun it was to also listen to the podcast and all the theories and speculate for the whole week and then sit down on a Sunday night at 9pm and watch Line of Duty. Like, it was just so great. So it was a whole whole experience. Well, I don't know. I mean... There wasn't as much of that for my next two choices, but these are two that were dropping week to week because more shows are doing that again now to build the audience and the suspense and everything. And this, my next one actually did have my aunt Monica and I being a bit like we were so hooked and so into it. Um, and that is Morning Wars or The Morning Show, as it's known internationally, because we have a real The Morning Show here in Australia. <laughs> I love um, that. That's my favourite thing about it. I that. think it's so funny that, yeah, it's The Morning Show, The Morning Show. They call it TMS on, like, on the show. And here we have a real one. Um, and so we can't, they can't call it that. Anyway, but war is also appropriate for the show. Um, and I just, I can't get enough of this show. I just saw the other day, it's been renewed for season three and I'm so excited because Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell and everyone else, but those three in particular are fucking 
phenomenal in this show. They're so good. I love it so much. Wonderful. Um, the next one, another sitcom recommendation, British sitcom. I think that you would love this, Caitlin, and it's one I definitely want to get like on DVD or something because I know I'll just rewatch it endlessly, and that is Motherland. It's so funny and so, like, cringy um, <laughs> because it's like you you literally know all of these people in your life but it takes it to, you know, it, it's that characteristic that you see in someone and then it just dials it up by like 10,000 to make it ultra cringy again have watched it twice like the full series twice there is there is another two sitcoms as well that I've also watched twice this year since I discovered them yes partly that was because I had to do hotel quarantine um and was in lockdown a lot but yeah there's there's so many British sitcoms I discovered this year and I've not even waited to be like, I know I'll come back to it. I've been like, yeah, I'm going to go again. <laughs> I'm going again. I'm going to watch it all again. Because also British sitcoms are so short. There's like six episodes and that's yeah. a season. So, so bingeable. So bingeable. Exactly. And those are, those are ones that I've watched a few times as well, like Dairy Girls on Fleabag and yes. stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, but they were probably on our lists last year, but we're talking about 2021. And so for 2021, my last favorite TV show that really was like a real new favorite find of the year is Ted Lasso. Just, I love that show. Sunshine. It's the best. So, so good. Wonderful. I know I need to watch it. I'm just slack with yeah. the Apple TV stuff. <laughs> I know. And I'm so excited because like everyone listening who has watched Ted Lasso, like we all know, the second season was like it felt a little bit worse even though it wasn't because we were like what's happening but I just know they have the whole clear like they have the whole arc the show is only going to be three seasons and so I can't wait for the third season because then I can just watch the whole thing again (laughs) oh um so I'm going to bring the mood down with my next recommendation uh and I don't I I don't know whether it's just because I was incredibly like actually grief stricken at leaving the UK and was just not in the mood to watch fun stuff on our plane trip home um and just really in a mood but I'd also been hearing about this a lot um it's a book I've recommended I'm sure before and I'm not going to dig out where I did because it would have been been years years ago ago. Yeah. yeah um but it's been a really it's a it's a book by the writer I really, really admire how she did this and the um, the documentary series was done with just as much care and that is I'll Be Gone in the Dark. So what's interesting about this as well, um, so for anyone who's never heard of that, it is a true crime documentary series about the Golden State Killer. So there's a couple of interesting things about it. The first is that Michelle McNamara, who was writing a book of the same name, or the book ended up being published under the same name, um, sadly died as she was writing it. And so the book was being fi- was was finished by her husband, Patton Oswald, who you will know from sitcoms, American comedian, um, and a couple of other really good investigative journalists. They were pulling it all together. And so they're they're in there as well. So the the it sort of it sort of starts with a lot of footage and audio clips of Michelle going through her research process and why this book was important to her and, and you know, the the fact that the case got under her skin so much. But then the other amazing thing, if you know anything about the Golden State Killer um, or have seen on the news over the last few years, is that just after this book was released, amazingly, they caught the guy and there's actually footage in this documentary. They were filming this documentary. They were going on the book tour with Patton and other writers, Billy Jensen and stuff. They were on the book tour with them getting footage for this documentary when they've got like, you know, Patton seeing tweets and being like, oh, like it, it, it looks like they're going to do the, like the LA County Sheriff's Department is going to do a press conference. Tomorrow. Like I think they've got the person and like you get those, real-time reactions which is just incredible and them going like 
oh my god this is what Michelle wanted and this is you know they've got him they've got the bastard yeah Yeah. and it's just so detailed but the other thing that I so admire about the way that this is put together and it's not that it's so um sensitive to the victims because unfortunately this case involves a lot of sexual abuse um but I think what is really good about this is that they talk to the survivors a lot and they talk about the fact that rape wasn't taken as seriously back in like the 70s which allowed this killer to escalate to the point where he started killing people and killing couples and the fear that he brought to different regions and stuff and I think they examine that really really well and they do a really great job of um, honoring the survivors and allowing them to tell their story as like women with incredibly complex lives who have gone on to do amazing things despite this event that happened to them and they've really gone on to defy this man the most amazing thing to watch because at the start obviously they're like we have no idea who this guy was um it's incredibly chilling there's about six episodes and I did watch them back to back on the plane because anyone who's done that like London to Australia flight (laughs) yeah I was I was yeah bawling my eyes out for many different reasons on that flight but yeah it's as you can tell by me rambling on incredible journalism that i can't believe you watched all of it on flights that would have been like insane but yeah anyway. i couldn't because then that's the thing like it is so gripping even though i knew what was hap- what was gonna happen i was like i have to keep watching yeah. what's gonna happen are they gonna catch him like it's so <laughs> it's so well put together and i just couldn't believe the amount of like the way it all came together and the way she got writing this book she also started by blogging as well like it's just the most incredible thing she's a very talented writer um so with that let's do movies (laughs) (laughs) movies so all of my movies um all of them I watched in December but these three asked like even though I watched them all in December they all came out at the end of the year oh man they're the top tier Top, 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 top tier. So my first one is Dear Evan Hansen, um, which is a musical I really, really love and I've never seen on stage, but I've listened to the soundtrack. I've read the script. I've read the novel version. I love it. I love it. And I was so excited to see the movie. And it, the release date was pushed back because of COVID and then it was not released in Australia because we were all in lockdowns for so long. So I, I finally saw it in December. And it was so good. Okay, so another depressing thing that I watched on the plane that was also amazing, um, so amazing, in fact, that when we were in hotel quarantine, I made Jack watch it with me again, um, was Promising Young Woman, which I know that you recommended. Again, can't remember which episode you recommended it in. We'll try I think and I it. saw it at the start of the year Oh, because you it, were in lockdown, so you exactly. couldn't go see it. We couldn't yeah. see it. Um, it is god I need to watch it again so good it's so depressing and haunting and like literally I mean it's horrible but it's it's, excellent it's like horrendous but excellent Mm. um but Jack turned to me afterwards and was like is that the ending no (laughs) that can't be the ending that can't be she can't be like no she can't be no what happened he's like what is that just it yeah he's like no that's quite a shocking ending god i need to watch it again like really soon i want to watch it so badly well yeah like i said we were watching it in hotel quarantine so it's like he's like i need to watch something fun after that like i feel really traumatized by that and he was like i can't believe like i mean everyone this is what a good egg i'm married yeah but he was like I can't believe that there are people who do that. I can't believe there are men who do this. It makes me so angry. I feel like this movie is an excellent, like to see how men react to this movie mm-hmm. is like, you uh-huh. know, you've got a good one. I was Michelle. just like, I was just like, I get what you're saying entirely, but I couldn't love you anymore in this moment. Like you are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just, I was, I thought I said that to him at the time. I was like, this movie, you should be like compulsory viewing for men but also when you're in a new relationship this is like the it's a great the, like, like red flag the litmus test, test. Yeah, yeah this is so good but yeah oh oh what a yeah. movie oh my god I could not stop thinking about it. and now that we've talked about it again it's going to be on my mind all day I'm just going to be thinking about I it again. I want to watch it again 
yeah wow oh so excellent um my second one which should be a surprise to no one because of course I saw it and it's actually been named one of the best reviewed movies of the year it's like golden tomato those things like (laughs) so good and that is Spider-Man No Way Home excellent Um, my next one is Cruella. Um, I still haven't watched this one. I've really got to get on it. You know what? I reckon the reason I loved it so much is because I had zero expectations as well. Yeah. I literally like, we got halfway through and I was like, to Jack, I was like, this I is actually good. Story is. Yeah. But no, I was like, I have no idea where this is going because I thought that this bit at the start, like I thought that was the story. I and actually like, love I a no movie idea. where you're like, eh. And then you're like, oh, actually, this is good. It, it makes really it good. better because you're yeah. like, this could be shit. And then you go, oh, nah, cool. Yeah. Um, and my third movie, another, funnily enough, has things in common with my previous two because it is a musical and Andrew Garfield is in it. Um, and that is Tick, Tick, Boom, which is, again, I had no expectations, actually, because I don't know that show very well. All I knew was that it was about Jonathan Larson, who wrote Rent. And, God, it was excellent. It was so, so good. I watched it with my mum one day while I was home for Christmas. My brother got home. He got home from work. And he was like, I think he saw, like, Andrew's face on screen. And he was like, are you watching Tick, Tick, Boom? And I was like, oh, sorry, thinking, like, actually, like, has probably would have wanted to watch this. Um, and then it, it finished five minutes later. So he he didn't get any spoilers. He just hasn't seen it now, but we watched it without him. So sorry, Harry. (laughs) Um, My final one. I know you've seen it as well, Caitlin. I think I've watched this a good like four times this year. It's so much fun. And I literally only watched it because the animal noises are in it were made by Doug the Pug. And that is Mitchell's versus the Machines. I've actually not watched this. Oh, haven't you? No. Oh. I could have sworn you'd watch this. It's so clever and so good. Please watch it ASAP. You'll love it. Very funny. I just thought, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. And I'm watching it because of the Doug the Pug connection. But genuinely such no, a really I've good like social less, commentary. <laughs> no, like such a good social commentary movie and very funny. And the animation is great. I, yeah, it's. It's great. You need to watch it. It's very good. Okay. Now, audio. Final one, guys. Home stretch. (laughs) Yeah. Our last little one here. So audio, Michelle, I believe you've got three podcasts and I have two podcasts, but I'll just kick us off by saying the top of my audio list every single year is Queen Taylor Allison Swift. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But of course, this year was a good year to be a Swifty because we basically still had Evermore because it came out in December 2021, 2020, I mean. And then we had Fearless. I've forgotten what freaking year we're in. And then we had Fearless in April 21 and Red in November 21. So great year. It's great music. Love the vault tracks. We'll see what re-recordings Taylor's version albums we get in 2022. Here's hoping it's Reputation and Speak Now. You go. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, So my first one is true crime related. Discovered a new true crime podcast this year. Now devouring their back catalogue of episodes. It is red-handed. Really like the way that this is presented. Always really well-researched, really respectful. I fall into – there are two categories of true crime podcasts I listen to. Real Ones that, like, are really jokey um, and – I mean, they're still really well researched, but it's I'm listening for the banter, and I'm currently mm. re-listening to another beloved favorite of mine, All Killer No Filler, literally just because I hate working at home in silence and I like the banter, so I'm going back to old episodes because it's like people having a chat. But Red Handed is the opposite. Red Handed is like serious, well presented, not overly um, sensationalized or anything, and a really good amount of cases like I've never heard of before. Very well done. Cool. My second podcast, um, well, first podcast, second audio, is the Sentimental in the City series on sentimental garbage. And this is obviously about sex in the city. And they go through 
each season and both movies. Um, I should check, actually, if they're doing episodes on the new reboot because I would love to hear their opinions. But it was an excellent celebration of Sex and the City and they say several times, you know, they're not there. They're there to talk about, like, why they loved it when it was originally on and enjoy a rewatch together as friends, not to always trash what hasn't aged well or maybe wasn't great about the show. And I really loved that. Yeah, yeah. Um, my second one is brilliant, like, social sort of history, great discussions, binge a lot of this in lockdown, and it's You're Wrong About. Um, there is probably something for everyone in here. There's some great stuff I think you would really enjoy, Caitlin, on, like... Um, the only like one I've a- listened to is their series about Princess Diana. I mean, that is the best starting point, like, oh brilliant loved it um they also do like uh they read jessica simpson's book together where i learned so much stuff it was so good um and they've had some really good stuff on lately like i know you're not really a horror fan person caitlin but i found this really fascinating um they've had some good ones on the um warrens which the conjuring is based on um and a couple of the cases in there just like debunking a lot of stuff and the amityville horror as well like i love debunking anything and these are really good but yeah they go back over a lot of things where basically i guess the idea is to examine the way that um our social sort of construction of things unfolded and why we were wrong about that and um it's it's really I feel like I'm so smart after I listen to it (laughs) because also their depth of research is just next level the Tonya Harding episodes are (gasps) really if you've watched I Tonya you need to listen to the Tonya Harding episodes yes I want to listen to the Tonya Harding episodes okay Mm -hmm. great so I think that story is so interesting okay great Uh, yeah I want to listen to Tonya Harding cool um, my third audio favorite of the year is the not the only new TV recap podcast I picked up this year because there was another one. Um, but I listen to a few of these now, and um, they they just keep coming. And I don't know if how to keep committing, but I just love them. But Drama Queens, which is a recap of One Tree Hill with the three main female cast members who were on that show, Hilary Burton, Bethany Joy Lenz, and Sophia Bush. And they are really being so cool about it all. And they're just like watching it and they're like, I can't believe they made us say that. I can't believe that shot of my ass like you know all of this stuff because it was really as lots of these teen you know they say teen but quite adult really dramas that were around at the time like One Tree Hill, Gossip Girl, Dawson's Creek, The OC like all of these things they're like I cannot believe they made us do this we were so young like this show was trying to be so scandalous and sexy and interesting and everything and it's yeah, it's really interesting re-watching it because I, I didn't watch it like the show back then. I've only watched the whole series through once, I think, a few years ago. But, yeah, watching it again and hearing the stories behind it and their opinions and, you know, chatting with cast and stuff is really, I, I mean, I love that shit. We know I love it. <laughs> yeah. It is fun. It is fun when you've got like the right show. I just think that that depth and also like their reflections as well of wow yeah. that you know that's fascinating to me. Yeah, and yeah. I think their their reflections on it and their discussions about the culture on the show and what you know how the female characters are treating treated and everything is really interesting because um, in case people don't know, quite famously most of the female cast of One Tree Hill a few years ago really called out some of the producers and writers and staff on that show for like mistreating them and stuff so maybe I'll find an article or something for you to link in Michelle because I think 
I think that is what is an interesting angle on this podcast as compared to lots of these other rewatch ones is that like these girls like going back and like reclaiming the show. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, And my final one, another true crime one, um, the Fred and Rose West tapes. Um, accidentally went down a little bit of a Fred and Rose West rabbit hole a few months ago, which is the worst kind of rabbit hole, apparently. Um, <laughs> but I basically found like a, a, a dramatization sort of thing um, on BritBox and was watching that. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if Red Handed have done an episode on this. And then I listened to that. And then I found this this series called the Fred and Rose West tapes, which was by a guy who wrote a book about them and reported on the cases originally, newspaper reporter. And what he's done is go back through all his old archival, like voice recording tapes of him researching back then. Um, But he's also in this, like obviously the reporting around a lot of the women who were killed back then, it really emphasised, like, obviously, like, the House of Horrors and all this sort of stuff. It was very sensationalist reporting. And because a lot of the girls had, like, run away or there wasn't much information known about them or it took a while for them to be identified, they didn't have that narrative. So mm. similar to what I talked about with I'll Be Gone in the Dark and also what I mentioned with The Five by Hallie Rubenhold in our nonfiction episode, um, this is really about trying to track down some of the families of the women who died and um, trying to, I guess, create this full picture of their life before they were brutally murdered. It's really not that much. I mean, there is stuff in there about Fred and Rose West in terms of this is their childhood and this is kind of fascinating, like how did these people become this way, but it's not focused on their crimes in a voyeuristic way it's really more about like how were they allowed to get away with it and he talks about the fact that there were some girls who reported things and it wasn't followed up so he does sort of even look back at his own writing and stuff and go we didn't we didn't focus on the victims and he tries to take that victim first approach in this Mm -hmm. and I appreciated that um and also just found it a really fascinating story. And he like talks to Rose's mum and stuff back in the day. Mm. So that mix, like some of the audio is a bit dodge because he's going so back to that old stuff. Original. Yeah. But then when it's really bad, he'll talk over it and be like, I'm asking this. Da, da, da. So you do sort of get there. But there's like bloody 12 episodes. Like, honestly, it is massively in depth, um, but not gruesome or anything and not sensationalist um and just yeah really interesting but yeah I don't know I just was like fascinated by the story for a few weeks yeah. like I'm just gonna listen to all these podcasts about it but this was the best one there you go and you know what this year um 2021 in our little wrap up there as always the main differences actually between us <laughs> And the content we like to consume mm-hmm. is most obvious in our little audio and in TV. Movies, yes, but also no, because <laughs> you like musicals. I like kids' movies, Disney, and I loved Promising Young Woman. So I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes we diverge, but I think, you know what I think it is? We both always are drawn to that, like, character, human element. Because even the true crime I've recommended and stuff, that is really strong in that. Like I'll yeah. Be Gone in the Dark is very much about Michelle McNamara writing that book as much as it is about the crime. And so I think we're both yeah. kind of drawn to that. Yeah, Which maybe. is probably how when it comes to books, it kind of manifests in the same yeah. way and we just like the exact same books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I am excited for another year of podcasting and reading with you. Um, we will, we haven't finalized when we'll be back yet, um, but we'll be back in a few months um, with more, more books and authors. Yeah, we'll be back soonish. But yeah, follow us on Instagram. We'll be talking a lot more then about over there about when we're actually going to start our next season and get ourselves yeah. organized. 
and we're gearing up to you know get back into the swing of sharing some more recommendations and stuff on there and caitlin set up a tiktok for us as well so we'll know, try and get a bit better about get into that, that. Yeah. yeah look everyone's tired after the year that was um so yeah come join us there for bookish content tell us your favorites of the year as well we'd love to hear that um yeah thanks for listening and thanks for your support thank you for listening to better words you can chat to us on instagram at better words pod and follow me michelle at unfinished bookshelf and me caitlin at just a bookish babe If you liked this episode, please share it with a book-loving friend and leave a rating or review.